0: This is Pound in Victory. Well, we uh, once again want to thank everybody for coming to join us in the podcast. And uh, I think Chrissy's going to take just a second to tell you how to go ahead and follow us.
1: Like us on Facebook and follow us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on.
0: Well, thank you. I was thinking about it. We're really uh, looking forward to seeing people grow in uh, in the Lord Mm -hmm. and uh, the need for the Word itself. Yeah. Sad to say, a lot of people probably don't pick up a Bible at all. Mm -hmm. Other ones, uh, they might pick it up once a week.
1: Well, a lot of people just get verse of the day on their phone.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of limited. In the flesh, we try to have at least three meals a day and then a snack in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we take care of the flesh well, but when it comes to the spirit, that uh, kind of goes a little bit weak once in a while, seeing how it's not being fed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, when we put the emphasis on word, that when people are listening, that... That's why, you know, because we're more spiritual than we are flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, God made man in his image and his likeness, and he was a spirit being. And he said, we're gonna make man in our image. And what he did was create a man, a spiritual man, give him an intellect, a mind to make choices with, decisions with, mm-hmm. and housed it in a body. But the main part of us is, is a spiritual person. Yeah and god god was a, a spirit man before he was a f- fleshly man and he he had a voice mm-hmm. and he began to speak and through that speaking he spoke the entire world into being and everything we look at came from that voice of god so when he said i make man my image and my likeness he said uh he's going to give people out that same abilities with an imagination, a voice, and go ahead and speak into their own lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do in the in, uh, podcast, really, is encourage people to come to that awakening in the spirit realm where you take more control of everything about you. Uh, one thing I want to mention as we start out today is about the flesh. Because God took... The dirty of the earth and formed a body and created a man, and then he breathed through the nostrils of the man, breathed life into him mm-hmm. and when uh, the flesh was made in the image and likeness of God that what God seen in the spirit realm, he seen this body that he was going to create and put it together, and then he breathed into life, gave man the uh, ability to think and, you know, express himself. Mm-hmm. So here we are um, looking at the fact that Adam and Eve, you know, God made both of them after he made Adam, and then he had Adam, Adam naming all the creatures that he uh, created, all the beasts of the field and the fish and the, you know, the creeping things that are on the earth. Mm-hmm. And then he told Adam, he said, I want you to name them. Now, when I first read that, I thought, I wonder how much time that took for Adam to start naming all these things. And in the time he did it, when he got finished, God must have been obviously watching because he said, I didn't make anything to be compatible with him. So he... Put him to sleep, took a rib out of his side, formed another body, mm-hmm. put a womb in it, and he made a woman Yeah. so that Adam had a
2: helpmate. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a beautiful story. Yeah. Well, they were doing real good, and according to Scripture, one day there was a visitor came, and that was Satan, and he started talking to Eve. And he, um, when I read that story, I find it interesting because he came to her, not Adam. And Adam had a charge from God; that charge came before she was made. Yeah, the charge was to keep and protect the garden. And somewhere there was a breakdown of communication, because then Eve came along, and who who got approached but her? Right, and then. It's interesting when you read it because what Satan's doing is he's talking to her, getting information from her to find out how much she actually knows and how she received it. All right, So she um, is approached about what she can or cannot eat. And then she told him, well, you know, what they could or could not eat. And he said, well, what about, you know, this or that? And, you know, by questioning her, she comes down to letting him know that she doesn't know as much as she should.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you know, when I've read that and thought about it, I thought, you know, someday, you know, when we're all in heaven and we get to talk to God and, you know, I'd like to know where the breakdown came, whether it was him never telling her what he was told, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or how that happened, that Satan was able to talk to her and get away with what he got away with. But through it all, they ended up eating something they weren't supposed to eat. And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's they had no knowledge of evil because they weren't made that way. They were made in the na- nature, the, the likeness of God
2: mm-hmm.
0: with his nature. Yeah. That's the way they were made. And there was no evil in God. There is, still isn't. There's no, not a shadow of darkness there mm-hmm. in him. So... Um, when they they went against him and ate the tree that they weren't uh, from the tree they weren't supposed to, all of a sudden they knew what evil was. they knew what darkness was
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it caused them to get kicked out of the garden. Now people should understand that the reason they got kicked out is because out of all the trees in the garden that they could have ate and they were eating everything to really keep them alive you know physically, but there was a tree there that they didn't eat of. That it would have been nice if they would have ate it right away, and that was a tree of uh, life. That you know, if they would have ate of that tree, they would have stayed that way for eternity. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when the evil came in, they had to get kicked out. Yeah. So when that happened, the Bible refers to the flesh as being sin. Now. Mm-hmm. because of Adam's move and Eve's move. So all flesh became sin. Mm-hmm. Now we read about that in the New Testament in John 3. We studied that up a few weeks ago. John 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he makes a statement. He said, everything that is born of flesh is flesh, and everything that is born of spirit is spirit. Mm-hmm. And unless a man can be born again of the spirit and the water, And in actually, he says he must be born again of the spirit in the water to get re- released from that bondage of the flesh. So um, along with the flesh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, see, because when we look at humanity and the creation of flesh and God breathed the spirit of life into them, when they lost the spiritual part of that, and they're just strictly flush, walking around. Mm -hmm. Um, The capabilities of getting into more trouble is always there. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: In fact, it was so bad that God repented in the Old Testament of how he created man. Weak and frail, couldn't do anything he wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So as the progress uh, went on, God even had to write the Ten Commandments and give them to Moses because there was no difference between good and evil at that point. Nobody knew there was a difference. Mm-hmm. So when the Ten Commandments come down, it was like a plumb line God dropped down and said, You know, if you're close to this, walking like this, and then you're good, and if you're away from it, you're evil. Mm-hmm. All right? So God put that out there, the Ten Commandments that opened everybody's eyes to the fact that there was good and evil now. If you cross this line, you're doing evil. And that's the only way God came up, uh, man came up with the idea mm-hmm. when God formed a, a process of it. So there's a lot of things that cross against God and his character and his nature. When we look in the New Testament, we're not going to go there right now, but in the book of Galatians, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And it's not our spirit fruits, it's his. Mm-hmm. You know, and it tells all these lovely things that are the fruits that God has, you know, Mm -hmm. like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, you know, all these good things Mm -hmm. that are God's nature that man failed to have. So he wants us to work at that and take on his his image and his likeness and to get back in the place where Adam and Eve were at one time. When I was thinking about it earlier today, um, one of the things that uh, stand out in the forefront for me is... uh, Unforgiveness. God's a very forgiving God, and uh, He He will forgive a person's sins and all. You know, really, what we have to do is just ask, mm-hmm. and He He said He'll forgive us. He gives us uh, other steps to take. You know, I'm I'm not excluding them. You know, when He says uh, to Nicodemus, you know, that man must be born again of the Spirit and water to see into yeah. the kingdom of heaven, I'm not discounting those. But you know that's the first steps that a person does, and then you grow from there. And forgiveness is a, a, a natural thing for God. You know, mm-hmm. He had to do that to gain back everything that He lost mm-hmm. when Adam and Eve fell. So God had to immediately come to a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a hard thing. You know, it's a, a, In fact, I'm going to say it's one of the hardest things for people. When I started coming toward God and changing my life and I, I made the decision i wanted him more than anything else
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there was so much wrong and so much evil all around everywhere you looked and i finally said you know if there be a god you know he surely could not have, could have intended for life to be what i'm looking at and that's what caused me to really start turning around
2: mm-hmm.
0: so as we're working our way to him and um uh, I started doing that, but there were so many things in my life that you know I had a hard time letting go, you know, because of the guilt and the shame and the things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I had an uncle one time that said to me, and he was, you know, he was not a good person most of his life. He was in and out of prison several times, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he he had a bad record, really bad.
1: He was like a robin hood type
0: yeah somewhat because he yeah. was nice I but mean, he was always breaking the law right to do it mm-hmm. like
1: steal from the rich to give it to the poor type yeah i think but i'm just saying he did a lot of that but i never had a bad interaction with him
0: no you wouldn't have no you know but uh, you know he you know like you said he was like robin hood one time he came into town and um you opened up a bank account Mm -hmm. in uh, one of the banks in town and next thing i know he was down to the grocery store and he asked me for help so you get three carts tied together with shoelaces filling them up with food Mm -hmm. and he said i know a bunch of needy people you know (laughs) and he did he met them you know and people out on the streets and stuff but he opened up the checking account at the bank just for this purpose. And then he I don't even remember back then how much it was, hundreds of dollars and the food wasn't that expensive back then. But he had three carts full yeah. and you wrote out a check for him and
1: mm-hmm.
0: then when with we like got,
1: five bucks in the account.
0: Well that's all he had, yeah. Yeah. But it was hundreds that you wrote it out for, mm-hmm. you know. Well and then on the way to the car he stopped that trash can, threw the checkbook away, you know, because he didn't have no more use for it. And he went and gave the food to all the people that he wanted right. to take it to. Yeah. So, you know, you're right. That was a Robin Hood move. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other than that, you know, he did rob banks and he did, you know, an attempted murder and, you know, a few things. Yeah. And ended up in prison. Mm-hmm. But one day he said to me, he said, you know, I don't know about me coming to Christ like you talk about because he said, I've done so much. I don't know how he could forgive me. And I said, Charles, in all reality, I said, there's only one difference between you and me. You got caught by the law and I didn't. <laughs> right. And that's really the only separation, mm-hmm. was because I was doing the same things he was.
1: I mean, maybe not to the level of attempted murder or well, anything, but that, like.
0: Well, that too, in the sense that I did it unconsciously, but under the influence of alcohol. Sure and uh
1: by like getting in fights and such
0: yeah, yeah and i was strangling people to death and there was dozens of other people standing around that stopped it otherwise yeah. unconsciously i was doing it mm-hmm. you know if nobody else would have been around to stop it it would have been a bad scene mm. but the, the the whole thought behind it is that i tried the same thing he tried right you he used the gun and i used my hands mm-hmm. and i said to him i said the only difference between us is, is you got caught by the law and I didn't, but God's seen it all. He's seen me, he's seen you, mm-hmm. he knows. So I say all that to say this, that when I wanted to give my life to the Lord, one thing that I really had to struggle with and I couldn't forgive myself for was knowing, knowing that God was there, he was available, mm-hmm. he wants us, You know, and I started making my way toward him and i kept in the back of my mind even while i was in the process of that you know that move toward him i took so long that i watched my mother suffer and die when the lord spoke to me and told me to pray for her and he'd heal her yeah and that haunted me really bad you know
1: you talk more about that story in the episode about your mother mhm but yeah
0: and the reason I'm saying it now is because mm-hmm. I... If I,
1: people want to listen to it, that's why I'm saying Yeah,
0: way back yeah. when we first started. Mm-hmm. And when, when I couldn't forgive myself for what I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally stood there when God had spoken to me and said, pray for her, I'll heal her. And I, I wouldn't do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he spoke to me again. And I choked up and I, I held it back again. Three times mm-hmm. he did that. And I could not bring myself to do it. You know what my crazy thought was? What would I do if people walked in and seen me doing that? More fear of man than than God himself.
2: Mm.
0: And when I was trying to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that kept hanging over my head. And unforgiveness is a horrible thing. It, it's it's a, like a disease that gets a hold of you you know
1: I feel like people claim they don't have unforgiveness that where, like if you were to ask them well do you have any like unforgiveness that you're holding on to they're like no but in reality they have unforgiveness for themselves like you're describing
0: well now that you brought that up I'll say this I was reading one time by some doctors that they they were describing that they believe there's such a fine line between sanity and insanity that when a person goes into the insanity, they don't know they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They don't realize they're insane. Right. And they, they said like the, a delusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the line is so fine that they they cross it and don't realize it. And when I heard that the first time, I thought forgiveness is that way. It is such a fine line between forgiveness and unforgiveness that you could cross it and not realize you are.
1: Like when you say, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget.
0: Then you're not forgiving. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because when Christ forgives us. It's a clean and, slate every time. Exactly. When he forgives us, he says in the word, he takes our sins and throws them in a sea of forgetfulness, never to mention them again. hmm But man doesn't do that. They want to have, We
1: bring him up again, and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So you know it's a it's a quite a torturous thing you know you, you either got to get a hold of it or l- suffer with it yeah you know there's no m- happy medium mm-hmm. you either want to forgive or not get un- not get forgiven you know yeah so uh, that's why I'm talking about it tonight because the the need is there for everybody mm-hmm. right I do want to look at a couple of scriptures as we go um, the first one I want to talk about is in uh, Luke.
1: Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him.
0: So when when the Lord deals with uh, forgiveness, he, you know, he, he's the master of it.
1: That was the words of Jesus, by the way, I should yeah. probably say.
0: Yeah. And he's the master of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this to people before, but why, why did the disciples call him master? And it's because he mastered everything in life. Mm-hmm. Anger, forgiveness, he mastered it. And then, when he wants us to be his disciples and be like him, he's expecting the same thing of us to walk in forgiveness. And the offense he it, it, I find it interesting what he said there because he he really puts a, a something out there very strong. If you're going to be the offender, you know, if you bring the offense, then you'd be better off if you had a millstone hung on your neck and Sleeping threw it into the, the sea. Sleeping with the fishes,
1: yeah, as they say. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know. So God gives plenty of strong warning there to people that would want to be carrying the offense to someone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, "Don't take that to my little ones. <laughs> Just you know, you better button your lip. Don't don't bring offense to anybody." All right. Mm-hmm. Now, verse four was what.
1: And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, "I repent," thou shalt forgive him.
0: Yeah, and you know he doesn't—he doesn't give us the option for carrying on with it. You know, he's every every time the offense, just go ahead and let it go. I do have to have verse five though.
1: And the apostles said unto the Lord, "Increase our faith."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, this I want. I hope people are listening. Now, I want you to point this out. Through my experience reading the scriptures, you know, like at one point, Jesus took seventy people, sent them out, you know, and uh, in teams, you know, thirty-five people. Right? How would that be? Seventy people, thirty-five teams. Right? Yeah. What? Thirty thirty-five teams of people. Seventy people he sent out. Yep. So he had thirty-five teams that he sent out.
1: Teams of two.
0: And he gave them the blessing of power, Mm
1: -hmm. like they
0: would have if they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they weren't yet. But he gave them the the unction of the Holy Spirit to go out with, and they went out and they did all kinds of radical things. They raised the dead, they got people healed and limbs replaced and all this stuff. And they come back and they were really gloating and they were really excited about what they had been able to do. And he said, well, if you're gonna be uh, excited, Be excited about this, that you get your names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you know that you're saved. If you want to glory in anything, glory in that. Not in the fact that these demons were bound to you, all right? So when it comes to forgiveness, now, now the point I was making with this is that they could go out and they could see all this stuff happen. They didn't ask for an increase of faith to go out and raise the dead and cast out demons and things like that. But when it comes to forgiveness, then they said, Lord, you better increase our faith. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something?
1: I think it's something that when people people talk about, like, oh, we're believing for a house. And people are like, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. (laughs) And he's not talking about that at all. That's the next verse. Mm -hmm. Because then Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. That verse that everybody quotes and has on T-shirts and coffee mugs yeah. is about forgiveness.
0: It is, yeah. and and you know it's it's the character and the nature of God. Mm-hmm. So you know when people say, "Well, yeah, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Spirit of God," and you know, then they have, "Don't me cross her. me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's so contradictory that you know it's crazy. So. When it, when it comes to forgiveness, you know, it's, it's a, a law out there, a force that has to be working, and the advantage, advantage be in us for the sake of the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to name the name of the Lord as our Lord. We better be acting like him.
1: So Harvard Health, like Harvard University, you know, mm-hmm. um, they have an, an article about forgiveness. And first of all, there's two kinds of forgiveness, decisional and emotional. Decisional is usually easier because it's like I'm deciding that I'm not going to wish ill will on this person, Mm -hmm. that I wish them all the best. But the emotional type of forgiveness is harder because that's where you have to let go of the negative feelings. And you can't continue to dwell on what they did to you. Right. Um, and they say that usually emotional forgiveness takes longer because you have to let go of what they did to you emotionally. But this is the important part. So this is according to Harvard, which is a secular university. Yeah. Practicing forgiveness has powerful health benefits. Right. Observational studies and even some randomized trials suggest that forgiveness is associated with lower levels of depression and anxiety, lower levels of hostility, reduced substance abuse, higher self-esteem and greater life satisfaction.
0: Wow. You want to know something else? Hmm. You talk about love. God's yeah. type of love is a decision. Mhm. Not an emotion. Yeah. He said he made he made a decision hanging on a cross that he's going to love humanity. Mm-hmm. If he was going by emotion, he probably never succeeded.
1: Right, because it says flat out like that. There's two different kinds, and emotional is much more difficult.
0: Yeah, so you know, it, I, I believe that completely. Mm-hmm. You know, because when when you look at the love of Jesus, and the forgiveness of Jesus, it was all based on a decision that he made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's pretty exciting.
1: I think so. There was one other one I was...
0: Another study?
1: Yeah. there From Berkeley. Um, The emotional and physiological data suggest that sus- a sustained pattern of unforgiveness over time can result in poorer health because of the negative psychophysiological um, states that accompany unforgiveness. So basically if you have a pattern of unforgiveness it can make you like a chronically ill person yes isn't that something
0: yes now it, it, that's again that's really something when you think about it because these these are men that are realizing this when the whole time it's been in the scriptures yeah yeah
1: so matthew 18.
0: Mm-hmm. 21 and 22.
1: Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him, up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you... So this is Matthew's account of the same Mm -hmm. conversation that Luke just
0: told us about. But it goes on a little stronger.
1: Yeah. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven, which is 490
0: Right, no, and one of them that says in a day it might have been Luke or something. But he, anyway, one of those, one of those uh, disciples said seven times seventy in a day. Yeah. All right. Now, what I like to do with people is uh, help them out. Let's say you got twenty-four hours in a day. Yep. And you sleep for eight, so you're you're pretty unconscious to any kind of ill feelings, because you're sleeping.
1: So you have 16 hours left. 16
0: hours left. Every two minutes, you'd have to be forgiving. Jesus is turning around and telling them 490 times, well, if you take eight hours of sleep out of it, 16 hours left, every two minutes, you'd have to be walking forgiving mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. So the essence of the message is just forgive and be done with it. Yeah. Don't don't even take on offense mm-hmm. because you don't have time for it. Right. Because you got other things to do in your day. So don't even take offense. If somebody comes and brings it to you, don't accept it.
1: Some of the best advice I was ever given at work is assume benign intent. So if you get like a snotty or short email from somebody or they use a tone, it's it takes a lot off your plate if you just assume that what they did had no ill will, but that it was benign intent.
0: That's good. That's good. And that's what the person on the receiving end should be. Yeah. But the other part, the person that's bringing it, should stop and wake up and say, "Would I like to have a millstone tied to my neck right now and thrown into the sea?" <laughs> right. You know, because the danger is the one bringing it too. Right. Because their 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 results that the Lord gave <laughs> is worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, You could get a slow, painful death with the agony you bring on from unforgiveness, but the person bringing the offense, it could be awful, a lot worse off in a hurry. Right. Yeah. So all this is very important, either way you look at it,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: But when I break it down time-wise, it really stands out. When you, when you think about it, every two minutes he's saying, you better forgive. Yeah. You know, so his whole message is just like he said, you know, you mm-hmm. ask forgiveness, I'll give it to you, and I'll take it and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness it's never to be mentioned again. And that's the way we should walk. Walk like Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, talk like Jesus, and uh, let things go. Matthew 5, 22, 23, and 24. Okay.
1: But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Wow. Therefore, if you bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift.
0: All right. Now let's back that up a little bit, okay? Let's yeah. go back to the start and I'm going to stop you about three times through this.
1: Okay. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say 21 or yeah. just 22?
0: 22, 23, 24. Oh,
1: okay. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council.
0: Okay. Now, he's already got two warnings there. Mm -hmm. One is the council, you're going to end up in court. All right? Yeah. And the other one is, he said, say Raka to no man. All right? Now, according to Oswald Chambers, I believe, his writings say that one of the worst, the hardest interpretations of Scripture there is in the whole Bible is that one right there. He said, because there was our interpretation for the word raka, he said is difficult. What it's speaking to is body language.
1: It's like spitting at somebody.
0: Yeah, and it's like rolling your eyes. Contempt. You know. Yeah. It's all in the body action. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. So when you when you speak raka, you're speaking how you turn somebody off with your body language and you're rolling your eyes and you're shaking of your head and folding your arms and things like that mm-hmm. so he's saying that he's giving people a warning not to visit not to communicate that way
1: i was listening to a professor once say that in a marriage if people are disagreeing that's normal but the minute that they start to roll their eyes at each other it's a sign of contempt and their likelihood for divorce goes up substantially mm-hmm. because they no longer just disagree, but they're holding contempt for one another.
0: So it's a, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of okay. hellfire.
0: Now, the reason he said that, the interpretation of that is that when we call somebody a fool, uh, that meant that you give them no hope to ever be saved. A mm-hmm. fool is somebody that turns their back on God. And he doesn't want us calling anybody a fool because until he calls the end from grace to judgment, you know, and then he's going to judge people at that point. Between now and then there's there's always a chance for somebody to come to him. So, you know, that's the correct interpretation to that. So you don't call somebody a fool. That means you're you're singling him out to never be saved. Mhm. All right. Go ahead.
1: Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy
0: gift. See, this is pretty strong. You know, And a lot of people don't even read the Bible, so they don't know it, but they're guilty of it whether they read it or not, Mm -hmm. because everybody's got the option to pick up a Bible and learn. And it says that uh, if you have ought against anybody and you bring a gift to God, and I like to think that the only thing we could possibly bring him is worship mm-hmm. and declaring him our Lord, because the Bible tells us that you know he owns the silver, the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills, the hills they stand on everything is God's, yeah. and then he gives people the uh privilege of being stewardships over uh, stewards over certain parts of life mm-hmm. and it depends upon how we steward it, uh, how we get judged by God. But we own nothing, mm-hmm. He owns it all. Yeah. All right. So when we look at this, and the only thing we could possibly bring to God is our worship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And He's telling us if you want to bring the gift to the altar, if you've got things standing between you and somebody else, He said, lay the gift down. I can't even receive it from you. Mm hmm. Now, these are pretty strong st- uh, statements here made by the Lord, you know, telling us that if we hold out against anybody, we can't even bring our worship to him. He has to say, I can't receive that right now. You've got to go reconcile with your brother or your sister, get it right, and then come back, and I'll receive from you. Yeah. That's pretty strong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when I was driving truck um, all over the country, one of the things that I... I felt bad about was the idea that when I was out on the road I could be a thousand miles from home and I found somebody in a need and I'm trying to meet it. I didn't have a church close by that I could say, Hey, go to this church. All I could do is tell people, you know, I want you to find a good Bible believing church, a good full gospel church where Mm -hmm. they really preach the truth, get into it and get some help. Get some fellowship. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh one time I was, I was driving, and, and generally when I was a driving truck, I was, I was the type of person that wanted to get where I was going as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. get unloaded, get out of there. And, you know, I didn't like delays you know, at all, really. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like one time I was, I was going and I, I was just left the house and I was only two hours from my own home. Mm -hmm. and I knew that I had to be at this destination in, you know, pretty straight order. And I didn't like stopping and nothing getting in my way. And I stopped to put in fuel, and I I just got done pumping the fuel, and I turned around, and there was a guy, I I swear he couldn't have been more than a foot and a half from me. Hmm. And as soon as we met eye to eye, and I was going to go in and pay for my stuff and then just take off, you know, and he's standing there, and he just busts down and starts crying hard just tears pouring out of his face. And I'm kind of holding him up, you know. And it was at 76 truck stop. (laughs) And I said, what's wrong? What's going on with you? And when he finally settled down enough to talk, he had told me he just lives 20 miles down the road from where we were. And he said, I just got off the road. I just went home. And he said, I went in. And my wife's in bed with another guy. Hmm and he 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 was just so beside himself and i said give me a couple minutes and i parked my truck out in the lot and i went back in went into the restaurant with him and i spent about three hours there with him hmm. talking to him and i told him i said you know there's a a hope beyond any other hope that you can find in this world mm-hmm. and i said you have to find it in god and i said i know it's a bad circumstance i know you're up against a lot here but i said you need you need for your own soul to be able to forgive and try to work this thing out you know and uh, we spent a lot of time together and he was quite calmed down by the time i left mm-hmm. but you know you you know where that's going to go before you go any further you, you just know that the unforgiveness is going to try to t- take somebody's life
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and and you know I, i've had a dozen different times when things like that happened. one was with somebody in my own family had mm-hmm. had a, had a uh, similar circumstance you know i mean it didn't happen right there in his house but you know it it, it did happen uh same kind of type of circumstance and you know it, it was a long time before i could actually talk to him but one day it just opened up where i could previously Before this incident right there, he told me one time that he didn't ever want to hear uh, about God out of my mouth. He didn't want to hear me mention mention the name of Jesus, um, anything. And he said he thought I'd live for the most putrid God he ever heard of. Now the circumstances had changed, and he was under stress just like this other guy. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of snuck up on him. He was sitting on a bench with his head hanging. And I sat next to him, and then I asked where his wife was. And he didn't look at me, he just said, how would I know? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why wouldn't you? You've been together for a long time. Everywhere you go, you go together. And he sat up and looked at me and said, you haven't heard? She'd left me. And I said, no, I never heard. Didn't know a thing about it. But the crazy thing was, on Memorial Day, we were doing nothing, <laughs> they had mm-hmm. no plans. And we were going I said, well, let's go for a ride. And we got in the car and Lynette was driving. She said, well, where are we going? I said, oh, head for Eau Claire. So she did. And I said, well, turn here, turn there. you know, And we're riding along and I tell her which way to turn. And then she finally said, are you going to your brother's house? And I said, yeah. Are you a glutton for punishment? <laughs> mm. I said, God laid out in my heart to do it. I said I have to do it, mm-hmm. and I, we drove to his house and his truck was there and I got out and I went up, knocked on the door and knocked on the door and no answer, no answer. Finally went back. I said apparently he's not home. And we sat there for twenty, thirty minutes talking about just different things and trying to decide what to do. And then we pulled out and left. Well, that day that I was talking to him it was you know months later, you know, mm-hmm. because we were at a graduation party. For somebody and uh, so it was you know I had to be about a month or a month and a half after Memorial Day so when uh, this happened where I walked up to him by the bench I seen him in the condition he was in and what happened to him <clears throat> I uh, started sharing with him about you know having faith in Christ mm-hmm. you know I said you need it now than ever you know yeah now more than you ever needed it I just knew the danger of unforgiveness Mm-hmm. I already knew that, you know, I've ex- experienced it in my own life, and I started sharing with them about the forgiveness and, and God being able to come in and work with him. you know, and when, when I finally realized what time it was, we had to go, and uh, we had some, we did have some place to go later in the day, you know, and it was getting around that time now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I said, well, I'm sorry, I said, I'd like to stay, but I have to leave, and, after talking to him about the, the uh, ability of forgiving through Christ, he had calmed down considerably. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, would you pray for me before you leave? And uh, I knew God was involved, you know, because that's the same person that told me I live for a putrid God, and now he's asking me to pray for him. And I was so blessed that I, he'd come to that decision. But, you know, when harsh things happen to people and, it's, um, and the flesh wants to be involved, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started out talking about the flesh and how uh, flesh is God made humanity out of the dirt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And the flesh always wants to have a tendency to go down instead of up. Right. It's just a natural Mm-hmm. The flesh wants to go down to the dirt it came from, and the spirit of a person wants to go up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where the spirit came from. And life is from above, and death is from below. Mm-hmm. And and you got to help people understand that because, you know, it's, it's not a good experience to think about dying. No. And, you know, if you want to think on life, you got to think up. You know. Is, mm-hmm. it, it's a crazy thing to look around in the creation of God and see all the vegetation out there, the trees, the bushes, the, everything, flowers. It all has a tendency to go up toward God, and humanity has a t- decision to go down. Mm-hmm. If we don't purposely look to God and look up, we're going to automatically look down, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's deadly in the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One more thing I want to say before I would close tonight is this. Then one time I was driving down, I was going to Detroit, Michigan, and uh, I had a load of flour to deliver. And when I was heading over there, it, it was maybe 20, 30 miles before you got to Detroit.
2: Mm-hmm. There
0: was rest areas on both sides of I-94. And it was the talk of the area on the CB, you know, on the CB radios. These were in the woods, you know, oh. and it was um, uh, right on I-94. The Lord spoke to me in my spirit. Mm -hmm. and told me to stop at the one on the other side when I'm going back Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and my first thought was see these these particular rest areas were noted for dens of homosexuality just massive amounts of it going on there and I thought oh Lord (laughs) I don't want to deal with that you know Mm -hmm. I'm at the end of the week on a Friday. You just want to go home. I want to get home. I, You know, I, I've been gone ever since Sunday night or Monday morning. And I just wanted to get home. And the whole time I'm in Detroit unloading and reloading at another location, it keeps coming up in me, that stop stopped there. Mm-hmm. And I kept arguing with the Lord. I said, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, now the, the hard part is I had my mind made up that it was dealing with a homosexual, and I'm going to have to minister to them, you know. Mm-hmm. so i'm jumping ahead of god all right yeah so because
1: you don't actually know why he wants you to stop You're no just trying to figure it out
0: so i pull in not not even willingly i mean it was almost like a magnet pulling a truck off the road mm-hmm. and i'm boom i'm in there and i pull into a parking place and i'm sitting there and i'm really hesitant to do anything i i just don't want to get out not i'm behind on my logbook, and i start doing paperwork mm-hmm. i'm just Actually, I'm wasting time. Biting time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 this guy comes walking up real slow, and he stops right smack in front of me. And I'm driving a cab over a truck, big windshield mm-hmm. right in front of me. And uh, he's standing there, staring. And I thought, you see, you're the one. You see, he's the one I got to deal with. And then he walks off. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon he comes back, and he stops right in front of the truck, and he's staring at it, staring at it. And pretty soon he walks off, and this happened three times. And I, I finally, you know, I put all my stuff down, and I, I knew that he had by, walked back to the left, again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I got out and I went in, and I went to the restroom, washed my hands, and, all, and I come back out, and I got in the truck, and here he comes from the other way again off on my right and this time he comes around well i found out later that the reason he got stopped and looking was the sun was shining so bright in the windshield of the truck he couldn't see in the cab oh yeah and he was blinded by the sun and he was looking to try to see if there was anybody sitting in the seat well this time he came right around to the side to look and and I was sitting there and I rolled the window down and I said you need something and he said your door is open on the other side of the truck. And there's a little door down on the back underneath the sleeper. Yeah. Where you can for storage. Mm-hmm. And he said that door is hanging open. And I thought a
1: lot of people have like their DOT stickers and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and uh, the moment he said that, I thought that door's never been open. <laughs> never. I've never had the trouble with that latch.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: well i got out of the truck and then you know he didn't discourage my thoughts because when i got down on the ground he rubbed shoulders right against me didn't give me any room to even Mm -hmm. get my door shut and i start walking around the truck and he stays right on my side kind of brushing against me oh absolutely and i got around the other side and then i got away from him and i opened the passenger door and there's a pull switch inside and i shut the door and it stayed shut. I pulled the lever and it sprung open and shut it. I did that four or five times. And the door's working fine, latching every time. Mm. And my thought was, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, If that door's d- d- working good and it's hanging open, there's, there's only one way that could have happened. That was you. Mm-hmm. And as I'm turning around, the guy's right in my face. And he says, how long have you been doing this? I said, doing what? He said, driving truck and i said well i said basically too long <laughs> i said i'd be like uh i'd like to be back home all the time i said yeah. uh, i said i'd like to be in full-time pastorate instead of driving truck all the time mm-hmm. and he said then he'd step back about four steps and he said oh you're one of them and i said one of what a preacher that's Well i'm a pastor and he said yeah yeah you're a preacher Mm-hmm. He said, so tell me, what's, what's the trick for you to, for people to get into heaven? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, yeah, you do. You're all the same. All you got some kind of hoop that somebody has to jump through to get into heaven.
2: Mm.
0: They got to do just exactly what you say, otherwise they can't get there. Come on, tell me, what's your trick? And he was really angry when he's doing this. And I said, and then the Lord quickened it to me to give him the story about when I nearly died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was all based on unforgiveness. Yeah. So I told him the whole story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the sun had been shining when I got out of the truck. And it changed so fast. <laughs> we were standing in a rainstorm. And getting soaking wet. And I told him about me being on that deathbed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And losing 100 pounds. My hair fell <laughs> fell out. I was nearly blind. And I was dying. Dying. Mm-hmm. And it was all based on unforgiveness. And I told him, the Bible says they had very, the Lord took me to scriptures and said, agree with your adversary quickly, lest you end up in his courtroom and not mine. Mm-hmm. And I had to go make it right with these people, you know. And one of them embraced me and we wept together, and the other one laughed in my face. But I did what the Lord told me to do. Mm -hmm. Because remember that scripture you read a little while ago, Christina, when it said reconcile with the other person? Yeah. That's exactly what the Lord (laughs) told me to do. Mm -hmm. And I went back and reconciled with those people the best I could. Mm -hmm. One received, one didn't, but my healing took off after that. Right. So I'm standing in a rainstorm now talking to this guy, and I said, if there's anything. Now, I'm guessing him to be about 55 years old, but roughly, you know, Mm -hmm. at the time when this was going on. And I said to him, I said, this is to be the hoop if you, that's what you wanna call it. You, want to, you, you call it anything you want, but I said, I'll tell you this, if you got aught in your heart against anybody, you're in bad way with them. I said, you better forgive them. Mm-hmm. Because I said, your life is in danger because of that. And I said, you better forgive them. And he started crying hard. And he mm-hmm. said, will you go inside with me? And we went in. And here, he had been moved back in with his mother because she was elderly and she was in not good shape. And they got into a fight.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and he moved out, and he got a job-driving truck, you know, to get away from her. And we went back inside, and he picked up a phone and called her, and he was still crying, and he asked her to forgive him for all the dirty, rotten things he said to her. Wow. And he said, I want to come back, and I want to move in. I want to take care of you. Hmm. He said, so will you please forgive me? And, you know, she did. And then he made another call and called the company that he was driving truck for, and told him he was coming back with the truck. He wasn't supposed to be out on the road. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, and it was so powerful. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. I don't live there.
1: <laughs> well, did you didn't get his name or nothing? No, no. Interesting.
0: But, you know, he'd he... He'd be old now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd be, in the, you know, 60-some years old, close to 70, bro. Yeah.
1: Well, and, Brian, I mean, you'd, you stopped driving truck over the road like 30 years ago
0: yeah yeah it would be that long
1: so he'd be probably 80 yeah 85. isn't that weird
0: yeah but you know that in, in that same message you know yeah. it was so fresh after i nearly died you know because yeah. all of that was so you know tender to me mm-hmm. you know when i nearly left this world over the unforgiveness that when i went to russia and I was ministering over there. And uh, I took that same message into a prison over there. Mm -hmm. And every convict except for one came down out of that auditorium wanting help and prayer. You know, when I told them that, you know, the unforgiveness was gonna make anybody suffer severely, you know, and uh, according to scripture. And when I shared that in that prison over there, you know, um, I had a really good interpreter But it was so fresh on my mind, you know, the pain and the suffering I went through over that whole situation Mm -hmm. that when I started crying on the platform in the auditorium in that prison, I dropped on my knees and tears were pouring down my face. I had a really good interpreter. Yeah. I looked over at him. He's crying as hard as I am. (laughs) Oh, my. Tears were just pouring out of his face and he was relaying that message to these people. And we had, this was a, Maximum security prison with people that were never going to be paroled,
2: mm-hmm.
0: ever. And I was trying to get the message of unforgiveness to them, and some of them guys, hardened, hardened, hardened criminals, yeah. they come down there just crying, crying, oh. wanting prayer. And uh, the guy that invited me to go, he was just totally in awe, mm. you know, uh, of all the things that took place that night. But I'm telling you. Forgiveness is a powerful, powerful way to get close to God. You just don't hold out against anybody. If He's willing to forgive us of every sin that we ever committed and throw in a sea of forgetfulness, He wants us to be like that.